You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through love. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network Reaction episode and thanks to those who are always making us their first listen on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts with the only chris level i'm casey cowan and chris here we are again a home opportunity in the books that you did not take advantage of as it goes the wrong way for texas tech as k-state tops the red raiders and really as far as the final score is concerned that's one thing to digest chris but all the things that led to that final score Pretty much a whole nother meal entirely. We've got defense going the wrong way to talk about. We've got a frustrating night offensively, but then beyond that, of course, we have a quarterback conversation to get into as far as the health of Baron Morton moving forward. And I truly mean rinse and repeat because this felt like for me as a fan, so many other Kansas State experiences where you're trading some blows, but I've said this before, once again, at the end of the night, you look up and it's a it's a two possession margin or what it was nine I think last year and you think wow were we ever really in the game so unfortunately kind of practiced in this experience with the purple wildcats but uh, a new story to tell is it's always something new with the Red Raiders isn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, whenever you get your schedule uh, this season, whenever it was, it was the last uh, January or whatever. And uh, you figure out who you're playing and who you're not going to play. I can't remember when, when the football schedule came out, but I wouldn't have been sad at all if Kansas State wasn't on it. Um, I, I would say that going forward next year, when you, you expand to 16, if they don't want to put Kansas State on your schedule, um, that uh, it won't uh, it won't bother me uh, a bit. <laughs> I think what 12 out of 13. Mm. Yeah, your your only uh, win was in 2015. So yeah, I, I feel like we've just seen this movie a million different times. And you you always feel like you're in the game, but then you're not, and you never win it. You know, it doesn't seem like so you've made a habit out of losing to Kansas State. And it's always the most frustrating because they never necessarily out talent you or but they always just out execute you and out discipline you, and they ended up uh, always winning. And man, I, I, I you, you're talking quarterbacks. You, you know, you get into these conversations, and we did together, July and August, and you're trying to figure out what your team is going to be. You're trying to like, okay, man, you know, I think you can, you know, floors and ceilings. We're all talking about these things, and in no way, in my wildest dreams, and and maybe shame on me, I should have thought about this, but in no way did I thought Jake Strong would be taking meaningful snaps in a in a crucial game in mid-October, but here we are. That is exactly right. And as we said, whenever Tyler Shuck went down, uh, Strong is now on the precipice of having the nuclear codes within a blink. He's the man, no longer the backup man. And we'll wait until the week develops to kind of see how we feel about Baron Morton's status. I was glad to hear some optimism, sounded like, post-game from Joey McGuire about his availability moving forward to I hear that incorrectly. I, I don't want to declare anything, Chris, but uh, I thought there was some optimism. So let me take you through how we experienced it uh, in real time and, and just when we'll get to the end and kind of just surmise or, or yeah, but then there's some things that Joey said after the game. But I think uh, 
there was a hit that Barron took, uh, letting go of a, of a pass. He got hit like in the in the ribs. It wasn't necessarily shoulder. He was very slow to get up. I witnessed him uh, on one of the plays let go of a pass, and then he his he goes down, and boy, his head bangs off the turf. And again, we're just watching kids play football, so you don't really know. He kept playing. Then there was a, a play. Uh, I, this was mid second quarter, and it was a third and long. And he scrambles out to the tech sideline and didn't throw it away. And it ended up being like a one yard loss. So it goes down as a sack, but he gets popped pretty good right there going out of bounds. And he was slow to get up. So you combine all these things. Then he's over on the, you know, Brian and John were up in the booth on, and during the broadcast. And they kept saying, hey, he's sitting in a chair next to Zach Kitley and his head's down. And there's a lot of one-on-one conversations going. And so, okay, is he really frustrated? Is he is he dinged up? Um, is something wrong? And it's probably all the above. Uh, and and so, it, but and, and then you notice there was a couple of those easy, you know, wide receiver screens that he threw way behind, or he floated. Um, even one pass to Koy Aiken that ended up being caught. He throws it into double coverage, and it seems seemingly very underthrown. So he just wasn't like it wasn't super crisp. Koy Aiken ended up catching that pass. Uh, I thought he made a good throw to Xavier White uh, when Xavier White was uh, interfered with, and he ended up making the play. And you get the ball down to like the the one yard line. And so, but but it wasn't just super crisp, and he was just a bit inaccurate, which is not like him. And some of these easier throws, and then he never appeared from the locker room. Um, and and I, I I could think you could speculate. Did he did he take a hit to the head? Is it his shoulder? It was it his ribs? Is it a combination of both? Who knows? But I thought what was curious is that he wasn't out there in the entire second half. We never saw him again. And so was this treatment? Was this I I don't I don't know. And so I didn't know what Joey would tell me. We just were told a tech official indicated to the broadcast undisclosed injury will not return. And so that's what we passed along. And that was I guess early in the third quarter um, when we just didn't see him. And then after the game is over, one of my conversation with Joey, I'm like, you know, first coach, you know, we just kind of talked through it. I was like, can you give everybody an update on Barron? And he said, it's, it's, it's a shoulder issue. We didn't feel comfortable putting him back out there. And then he would go on to tell the assembled media and kind of let everybody kind of in the know that he's been dealing with this shoulder problem since West Virginia, really. And he hasn't practiced a ton in these last, what, two to three weeks. And so I think with all of that, it, did they just feel like, okay, he can't be effective because of his shoulder, is it? But they also indicated that it was a, it was an accumulation of things. It wasn't just the one thing. So it makes me th- wonder about when you're talking about shoulder, well, it's a bunch of things. So what are, what are the other things? But then he does say, as you mentioned, he's got a good chance to start. And so... I, I, you know, talking about the against BYU. So I'm not real sure, man. I'm not real sure what uh, what we would expect to see. I think you, you know, if I'm BYU, I'm preparing for either one of these guys to start. And if you're, you know, you would either have Baron Morton and Jake Strong, or you're going to have Jake Strong and uh, Brady Boyd, a wide receiver, being your backup. That's that's what it's going to look like. And if Baron plays, how, what level is he at? Is he compromised at all? Uh, you know, I don't know, um, but that's unfortunately that's where we're at, and we are we are should be used to this, but it it just is amazing to me that it continues. 
because you, you know you potentially are on the cusp of having to start three different quarterbacks in back-to-back seasons. And that is just not a recipe for winning or getting into a rhythm, figuring out an offensive identity, figuring out how to call it, figuring out what guy is good at what. And then you, you know, it's just, it's just maddening, but you just feel like you're just snake bit, uh, cursed. I don't know. Pick your term. Uh, when you're playing three different quarterbacks and, and back to, I don't know what's not impacted. I mean, concession sand sales are down. The horses <laughs> sitting the game out for crying out loud. We got the track back out there for Raider Red. Hotel sales are down. Podcast energy is down. Yeah, right. Mine's at an all-time high. Even if it's rooted in anger, still very energetic uh, on this Sunday reaction episode, Chris. Um, a lot of frustration, man. And you feel for Jake Strong, who went out there and I thought performed admirably. But before we move on to what happened after Baron Morton, was this, am I hearing correctly that this was another week now gone by where he was like involved for a singular day of practice or not at all? Or he just said he hasn't practiced much, you know, and, okay. and I think that in the flip side is, is I think Jake Strong has gotten a lot of reps with the <laughs> first team over the last couple of three weeks. And so I, I don't, you know, I'm not there. I don't know the, yeah. percentages or number of plays but I think it's been about trying to give Baron as much rest as you can in between these these games but the flip side is it's hard to go play when you haven't repped it a bunch and you haven't you know the timing and the chemistry and all those things it's probably also hard to develop a, a game plan when you're you're not sure what your starter can and can't do because you haven't seen it the whole week, you know what I mean? Uh, or haven't seen a lot of it uh, the whole week. And so, again, I'm just, you know, we're, we're piercing words here on, on some of those things. But I, th- I think the the flip side is for, for Jake, he has gotten many more reps than you would have thought just because of, I think, Barron's situation. And, and he's been pushed into the backup spot for the last three weeks. And so, you know, and he Jake was here in the spring, which which helps him too. But it's just uh, it, it's just frustrating because at some point you do have to throw it, and maybe they threw it too much in the second half, uh, you know, against uh, Kansas State, trying to to loosen it up, you know. And that that was the other thing is like it go. Let's go back and think about this part. How many times did you really try to stretch the field in the first half with Barron in there? Because I, I just remember the two throws down the field. One was to Koyakin underthrown. Make Coy makes a play on it, but there's two Kansas State Wildcats there. The other one is a one-on-one situation with Xavier White. Again, he's interfered with. You do make that play. Other than that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you really threw the ball down the field past that. And it makes you wonder, is that because Barron can't or they're not comfortable with that? Because they go back to last week, the one interception that he threw underthrown on a deeper ball. Does he just because I, I think he's been dealing with the shoulder issue, and I just if you don't have a lot of juice in there and you can't let it rip, you know, and 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 I think the frustrating thing for Tech is the one thing I think you thought you could maybe take advantage of Kansas State wise on defense was their corners. They had one starter out, they had one starter that missed the previous week who was playing, I think, at a less than 100 percent last night. And the way their scheme is, they're going to give you a lot of one-on-one shots, uh, you know, on the edge. That's where, you know, you you kind of feel like, okay, we, we we like our advantages here. And I thought when Jake came in there, they did try to stretch the field, but maybe they did it 
too much? Uh, I, I don't know, but I think maybe at that point it's like, okay, let's try to take some of these shots. We can get some PI calls or makes let, let our guys get to make some 50 50 plays or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah. anyway, it, it, it equals a loss. It's <laughs> that just was wild. Yeah. That was wild. The bombs I saw in the second half with a freshman quarterback, and it was even wilder consider after the game to consider after the game when you hear Joey McGuire talking about um Jake Strong, I think checking in to these option plays. Uh, indicating he's got that leeway at the line of scrimmage, which was a surprise to me, at least something I didn't expect for a guy uh, inserted in at that point. But, you know, when he makes the long, the 54-yard run, I'm thinking, wow, they didn't expect it because who would expect speed option from the last quarterback he, available? He called his own, he called <laughs> he his he own called number it. there. Yeah, so right. I'm, I was wondering also about some of the bombs, which I blame Kansas State for playing a safety. You know, that's their fault. If they would just had 10 guys out there and not played the safety, those may have been great plays. I don't know, but they kept playing that safety, damn it. But the bombs, I'm wondering too, like who's calling this? Because it was kind of shocking to see, particularly on fourth and two down the sideline. And yes, it's just always hard to know what's happening at the line of scrimmage or what's happening under the headset, you know, from the sideline. But do you feel like there was more of a, hey, we're sticking with what we want to do when Strong goes in the game? Or was there some thought, that we've got to really adjust a game plan now offensively with the freshman quarterback. What, what feel did you have for that transition? I, you know, and, and I, I've, you know, in talking to, to Joey and Zach uh, th- throughout the season, um, you know, I, I think they have a lot of confidence in, in Jake and he can run the whole playbook. I think he's, again, because he was here in the spring, he's probably more right. advanced than you're, you're a normal true freshman quarterback. And I, I know that, and I, I can't, I have no idea on how many plays were checked to and from and what you got in and out of. I don't know. I just know the philosophy there is if you don't give your quarterback this freedom, you you you, you feel like you are got him up there with his hand tied behind, you know, his back and that you're trying to call the perfect play. If you don't give them some freedom and some options, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's their philosophy. That's what they, that's what they believe in. And that's what, but again, I, is there some reins on him? I don't know how much of this did he did, but I, I, we, we glean that from last night is that he, (laughs) he called his own deal on the speed option. And, (laughs) and and again, I, I think the, the throws to the outside deep, are are easier for a younger player because it's it's the ones over the middle that are that's what's scary because then you're you're there's a lot of coverage and he's a young kid yeah. he's gonna make some freshman mistakes um there's just a lot of credit and, and Kansas State's good on defense you know that this is one of the better defenses you'll see it was yeah. just a tough spot for him to be in here's um, your first action and by the way it ain't Baylor over there anymore no <laughs> yeah I mean and, and like and, and people had asked about this too, because there's been a lot of talk about play calling, right? That's just what we do at, yeah, at Texas Tech. But I thought in the first half, when Barron was in there, you got really creative with the play calling in the goal line or in the red zone in the goal line situation. You had like the, the almost the swinging gate type formation, and Barron was just, you know, right there. Uh, it was just him in the center, and it's kind of like, a, okay, we can either throw it to one of these guys or I can run it or whatever. You had the the bush push with Teeter pushing Morton into the end zone. Some things we had not really seen before, and I think you have to get creative because. And then and then I think Taj Brooks late in the game he did get in the end zone, or I guess that was the right at the at the end of the half. But Kansas State, so you scored two touchdowns on them in the red zone. That was their fourth and fifth touchdowns they had given up in the red zone all season. They they were I think three of thirteen 
teams had gotten in the red zone 13 times leading to that point, and they had only allowed three touchdowns. It's second in the country. So their defense gets really salty the short of the field. And so that's why you're trying to give yourself an advantage because it's just they're hard to run on anyway. And and then I think that's so I think the play calling on some of those creative situations, that was yeah. why. Just because Kansas State's really good, and but you, you got them for a couple of touchdowns. But well, you anyway. know me, I'm always holding out hope we're going to see that uh, power eye or that triple power eye Texas team <laughs> make a return. But the watch is still on. I've yet to see it return. But uh, yeah, you want to talk about the trouble you got facing the K State defense, and then compound that with the freshman quarterback later in the game. Oh, yeah. But you got trouble in every direction. And I know another proud tradition in West Texas: you get sliced and diced done every which way but right defensively, giving up over 200 yards rushing, and then I'm ready to fire the offensive coordinator. It's just what we do. It's just what we do, so don't be mad at us. By the way, have you noticed an omission of talking about that rush defense? Well, it's on purpose because we just ain't got enough damn time to figure out what happened on that side on this episode. So come back tomorrow on Monday. We're going to hear from Joey McGuire regarding what happened defensively because I'm almost willing to bet, Chris, that regardless of what you have done with the quarterback swap or some other things offensively, if you're going backwards that much as a defense, particularly against a ground game, which really allows the team to take control of a game and finish a game, boy, it's going to be tough sledding. So let's get into that tomorrow. I think we still need a little light on this Sunday, so we'll save that for a Monday tune-up. And we'll also talk about the ground game and how moving forward that could evolve into something that maybe you're using more or not to cover for your quarterback, because even if it's Morton, maybe we're expecting still a hobbled number two. I don't know how we kind of avoid that reality, Chris. Even if you see him out there, you're wondering, all right, what percentage are we talking, right? Yeah, no, I I, I would agree. And, and just we, we don't know what we don't know. And I think that they still don't know and may not know fully until kind of the week goes along on how he feels, what all ails him and, and kind of what that looks like and how much – can you practice? Uh, and if you can practice and play, what what can we do with you? What are you going to be good at? Uh, or are you, are you catering this thing to – because you'll have to make a decision pretty early in the week, I would guess, so you can kind of try to cater what you want to do around uh, who, who you're going to be with. So I don't know, man. It's tricky. You need a win. Um, you're, you're below 500, and you're, you're running out of opportunities now just to try to – uh, become bowl eligible uh, and you got a bye week coming up so this is an important one this weekend yes uh, the gift that we have for you now a night game in Provo Utah which should be just a bucket of fun so uh, getting ready for that one as the week rolls on and back to what we saw on Saturday as we kick off the week tomorrow with some sound from Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire as I mentioned we'll talk defense we'll talk ground game and all things in between goes the wrong way but we're here to sort it out with you throughout the week. Hope you'll join us. Chris, appreciate your time as always, man. Uh, enjoyed it as much as possible, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Hopefully better times ahead. That's right. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you don't miss those better times ahead. Somewhere <laughs> out there, I don't know, in a, in a subsequent generation, there will be some somewhere. For Chris, I'm Casey. Hope to see you on the other side on Locked On Texas Tech. <laughs>